Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Five weeks in the books. Week six is a banger. Just an absolute smoking hot card. Love, cannot wait to talk these games. Um, not a lot of huge favorites, a lot of coin flips on the cards this week. Going to make it especially interesting to handicap. Um, it's been a fun season so far overall, uh, you know, short of the, you know, kind of injuries that have destroyed fantasy football, which you know, <laughs> people care yeah. about anyway. Um, we've had a couple coaches fired already. We've had, uh, you know, we've had a couple of, uh, COVID scares and, you know, the whole, the whole, Scheduling is massive. Rearranged. Yeah, we should. Um, you know those episodes we made with the when we do the schedule breakdowns with the things. Sure. We should go delete. We should just go delete. <laughs> worthless now. They're kindling in the grand scheme of things. It, it's wild how much the you know just a couple. It's a domino effect. Obviously, oh, like, yeah. You every game has an opponent. You have to move things around. It's. I don't think this is the end of it. We'll probably have a few more of these. And this is absolutely we might, we might have a not the end of this. This is no, in no way, shape, or form is this the end of this. Um, I think overall in the country we're ticking up, and that's going to trickle into football. I'm sure. So uh, it will be a wild fall. Uh, Are you ready for some COVID? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot of scoring. Totals are up. Home field advantage means nothing. Uh, it's been a very fun and interesting season so far, and we have a great slate. Uh, do you are you ready to just dive right into this card? I mean, we kind of I, I am for as yeah. much as we bitched about okay. last week's slate. Like this one is much better. There's some great angles, some good matchups, and yes, very excited for this one. Uh, no Thursday night, so you know if you're listening to this Thursday morning. Wednesday night, we will not be doing a scope because there's not a game. We did a bonus one on Tuesday, and you know what? Fuck it. Hot streak stays alive. We're counting the push. A push is not a loss. So the unbeaten streak is uh, is alive and well, and it's going to make it all the way to Sunday night because yeah. Thursday can't nip us. So we will, yeah, we won't be seeing you until we do our Sunday scope, uh, scope stream when we do the openers uh, about what is that? 720 420 Pacific 420 Blaze at Pacific. Um, so yeah, but in, until then, uh, go hang out with your family this Thursday. If you live in Minnesota, it's MEA weekend, which means your kids don't have school. Maybe you're banging a teacher, she might not have to work. So that's <laughs> what, I, I have the house to myself. I'm getting rid of my family for the weekend. So I'm oh, just yeah. gonna lay around in sweatpants and watch probably watch some college football for. I haven't watched a ton this year, but yeah, very exciting. Big week for college football, yeah. Yeah, we've got some big games. Biggest game of the year. Watch whatever SEC games are left. Yeah, Georgia. I think they're going to play Georgia Bam still. Um, Biggest game of the year, probably. The uh, yeah, no, and the slate on Sunday looks absolutely spectacular. So it will be super fun to break this down. Let's get right into it, and we'll start at the top with the Carolina Panthers. Surprising. Uh, though surprising the universe, surprising the football betting world for sure, uh, at three and two so far, two tough losses in the early going to the Raiders and the Buccaneers, and then they ripped off three straight wins. Matt Rule and company, Teddy Bridgewater and company are good? Question mark. They have not had their superstar running back they paid in the offseason, Christian McCaffrey, and it has not mattered. 
They have gotten ex exceptionally solid play out of a bunch of the young defenders, um, more so than we had ever anticipated in the offseason. And I think uh, the betting market is now taking this team seriously. They're hosting the Chicago Bears, who themselves have been a shocking success story of 2020 so far with at four and one, even though they have already been embroiled in a quarterback controversy. Uh, the Bears have done fairly well to this point to eke out wins. Uh, it doesn't really matter how you do it as long as you do it in the NFL wins. You know, winning is the name of the game. And sure enough, the four and one Bears head to Carolina. The preseason look ahead line for this spot. Interestingly enough, we expected to see the Bears as three and a half point favorites on the road. Lo and behold, they are two and a half point dogs. Does this adjustment make sense? Do you have a sense as to whether the Bears have been adjusted down by the market? Or is this all a positive adjustment for Carolina relative to the preseason? Look at this. Put it right on the screen. Oh, yeah. Nice. We're not yeah, um, and Yeah. No, it's not a stream. I put a banner up so, for us to see. Um, yeah. Too much of adjustment. I can't make it this uh, big. To be fair, and we'll get to the Miami Dolphins here soon enough. Uh, we, and I've talked about this numerous times, like the, the continuity, the lack of it in Carolina. I don't want to rehash everything we said about this team numerous times. Had me low on them, and I'm scrambling to adjust them higher. They're one of the teams I've had to adjust the most because, you know, the the lack of continuity, the lack of preseason didn't seem to affect them as much as we thought. The roster construction is rough still, but at the same time, they're getting it done. They have two good young receivers. And uh, I've listened to a few football podcasts this week already, and I'm trying to remember who it was. And I want to say it was our friend, Dr. Eager, on one of the PFF ones. They said that. They said, you know, like, you can make jokes about running backs don't matter and McCaffrey being gone might be a plus. You know, as good of a player as he is, it's still a joke. But they said, like, the fact that they're not taking dump-offs to him in the backfield or handing him the ball a bunch – Maybe some of those plays are, well, I'm going to throw it 8 to 15 yards downfield to DJ Moore instead, which is more of a plus EV play. So there there might be something to McCaffrey being out, not not uh, being like, oh, we got to get him the ball. We got, you know, as an offensive coordinator, you got to scheme to get him the ball. It, it might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise for uh, uh, McCaffrey sitting out. And Davis uh, obviously has filled in nicely. The, like I just said, the receivers are good. Defense doing just enough. Um, the only fly in the ointment to me is the defenses they've won over the last three weeks have not been good. Okay. DVO, DVOA is early in the season, and it's hard to use it completely because it's still taking a lot of prior in. But the, the three the chargers – yeah, well, and that's no, I'm saying that as like an overarching theme. Like, you should take a grain of salt when you're using DVOA early. Sure. Because it, it, it does weight things differently as, as we go through the season. It gets more uh, effective, I think. 100% but the, agree. The, the DVOA for the last three defenses, they were ranked 19th, 20th, and 25th. The Bears are ranked seventh. The Bears are not getting talked about for their defense. Because all the media wants to talk about is the quarterback position and what we've gone through with Mitch and Nick and, 
you know, the, some of the play calling and naggy and pace, and that that's what makes the headlines. Nobody's talking about the defense has played well this year. This is yeah. a good defense. Uh, you, the old adage, defense travels. I don't know if that's true, but I, I think it kind of does. Uh, we've seen some defenses not play this well this year, and some of it is some of the refing and maybe some of the problems we've had without the preseason, getting some of the guys in shape. But the Chicago defense is good. Two and a half was too many. I'm not sitting and betting Chicago money line, but the two and a halfs out there that got gobbled up, I don't blame people at all. Like, I would have, I think I would have done that if this remains, if this closes like Carolina is a small favorite, I might tease Chicago as a road dog. I can see taking them up to like seven and a half and being happy with it. So that, that's probably where I'm at in the game. I think the move was a little too much. We're getting in the cart ahead of the horse. But at the same time, I do I, I do love Carolina right now. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I think this is a little bit of a sell-high spot for Carolina, to be honest, uh, because of the way they're getting it done. And your point that you bring up of the PFF forecast was super, super on, on the nose. Um, I heard the same thing, and it was basically – it boils down to we've redistributed. Carolina is now redistributing their target share so that the first look. That's a better uh, way. To say yeah, it. the first, the first, you know, the first uh, wider, you know, the 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 number one option is not no longer CJ uh, is no longer McCaffrey. And yeah, they, means, they had that stat, yeah. and I can't remember yeah. the numbers, but they it was just great. What you just said, yeah, they yeah. said the the number one read was McCaffrey, like X amount. X yeah, percent it was a crazy time. number. It was a crazy yeah, number, like fifty percent of passing down. Yeah, it was I mean, way too super high. insane. Yeah, super insane. Yeah, no, and, good, good, good grab. Thanks yeah, for remembering that. No problem. And now redistributing that to two very talented wide receivers and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore is great. Uh, that that is huge plus EV, and if you follow, um, you know the comments made by Richard Sherman. Uh, he's basically he has come out and said, "Yeah, no, I get it. They're better because they're less predictable, and that is pretty important." A uh, huge, huge, huge amount of these defensive success, in my opinion, in the NFL boils down to the defense guessing right. And if you have Mike Davis out there, it's less likely he's going to be the guy. And so you have to be a little bit more wary of the various other options that are available. And for those reasons, they are having higher, you know, more success offensively than we would have even expected. Also, a ton of credit to Joe Brady. Uh, it's almost like we should have ex expected that uh, if he could make an LSU team so good offensively that they embarrassed the best defenses in college football last year in the SEC, that he was going to be able to figure out a way to make this offense work on the fly in Carolina, and he has done so. Yeah, they put some ass whoopings on some. It's like there were some historically great teams these they had last year, like the Bama, Clemson, and Ohio State were good teams. Absolutely, they absolutely were. And they, and, they didn't yeah. play. They didn't play Ohio State. Who, who was? Uh, did they play uh, Oklahoma in the semifinal? Yeah, but they scored seventy something points. On yeah, that was that was that was always going to be an ass whooping. Yeah, yeah, they beat Georgia pretty badly in the that's SEC. Good, yeah, that's good. yeah, that was anyway. It was uh, it was a very very solid performance by Brady last year as the coordinator for LSU, and he's doing equally good job this year. He will bubble up as a potential head coaching candidate if this keeps up, because for sure nobody expected Teddy Bridgewater to come in and lead this dynamic of a passing attack for the for the Panthers. But that is where I worry about this game, because of all of the adjustments I made last week, one of the key adjustments was I went back and kind of reflected on the Chicago Bears passing defense, and it is legitimately good. Right, it is. It is legitimately good. They, I, I was. And no, nobody's talking about this no defense. It's, it's it. not 
it's not 2018 levels, no, no. but it's getting there. It's, it's coming getting, back. Yes, that's they, right. If they get a little turnover luck, people are going to be like, fuck, this defense is solid. They don't need turnover luck. They create them themselves. That play by Fulton where he, or Fuller where he hit uh, uh, the wide receiver or the tight end, I can't remember, from the Bucks, and you know dislodged the, the ball and came up with the recovery. That was such a good play, one of the cleanest, best hits we've seen in the NFL in years. And, you know, that's bare football. <laughs> it's kind of part of their identity. I don't know what it is about, you know, the mindset in that locker room, but that's the way they play football. They, they strive to take the ball away if you complete the pass. And, you know, that the entire, you know, Tom Brady-led offense, you know, in that Bucks game on Thursday Night Football, I know the wide receivers weren't perfectly healthy, but there were, there were no easy windows to throw into in that game. That was a very, very, very tough, tough uh uh, performance by that Bears defense, and uh, you know that considering that's how Carolina is getting it all done right now, and this is going to be a hugely you know huge step up in terms of tests. Because you know, hey, let's be honest, as good as glowing as we are about Carolina, they only scored twenty three points against the Falcons last week. In, 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 any, in any other universe, that should have been a thirty point game, right? I mean, yeah, everyone else is thirty to forty on the Falcons. Why can't us? That is the maybe the weird rub. That'll be my because I'm going to ask you. Like, are you betting this game? I am. I did bet it. You bet some Chicago. I took the under. I took looked real under. hard. I looked right, real, so, real hard at the. Yeah. At the did you get up to 45? I got you get under, 40, under 45. 45. Yeah, probably the best of the number. There's some 44 and a halfs now. I I will agree with that because of the Chicago defense because of Carolina's predilection to you know, not like as good as much as you want to give these offense glowing reviews it's never scoring about, even uh, against the chargers they are able to still slow the slow the game down and do some long deliberate drives so absolutely look i would i would lean that way i would lean towards uh chicago in the teaser i haven't bet this yet um leaving it alone but yeah the, the chicago defense something that's not getting enough love right now and on top of everything else the other aspect that helps the under uh, no Quan short for Carolina. In general, they have some replacement level players in terms of their run stopping unit, uh, which I think sets up pretty well for Chicago to get a little bit going on the ground and shorten the game. Yeah, because Nick Foles seriously might suck. <laughs> really, the only thing I'm worried about with the under is that Nick Foles throws a couple pick sixes. Yeah, yeah. Short fields are not going to be good, although. Chicago had a couple short fields against the Bucks, and it did not matter. That game went under, even though it really did not look like it was going to happen at halftime. So, you want to move down the card and tee up the weird, weird, weird matchup? I feel like I've never – have we ever seen these two teams play? Ever? I guess they play every four years, right? I cannot remember a single game between these two teams. Yeah, I'm not going to sit and look it up because I'm sure they <laughs> have. Well, Jacksonville's been in the league. When did when did Jacksonville Carolina come in? '96. Yes, God, I remember mean, Jacksonville's yes. helmets. It was just I like do. it was legitimately the hood ornament from Jaguar. It was. It was. <laughs> they, they so, had, it was a blatant ripoff. Yes, I do remember. It was that. a blatant, blatant ripoff, but it was cool. That was like that was the first uh, like expansion teams of my lifetime. I just remember that. I'm like, you can do that? You can just put more teams in? This is awesome. But, <laughs> Why don't they put more? Yeah. Put lots yeah. more. We should, we should keep doing this. I, I think we're pretty good where we're at, 32. But, yeah, Detroit-Jacksonville. Detroit, Detroit uh, obviously we didn't talk about them much coming off the bye. 
I don't know what to do with this team. I was high on them preseason. Obviously, everybody was high on them preseason. I still think they have the weapons. They have three decent running backs. They have two good receivers. They have a quarterback who, while maybe he doesn't get the love all the time, he can still play at a high level. He still has a decent arm. Uh, they have they have issues. They have issues on defense. They uh, I don't know how you feel about their offensive line. I'm not super keen. On certain uh, certain parts of the roster construction, I'm not keen on the coaching. I think Patricia is maybe after Gase, maybe the guy who is most deserving of getting his, his uh, bags packed for him. Yeah. That said, extra rest. Jacksonville is not a great team. People got excited about the Minshew mania. He still looks good. Minshew Minshew can put a ball where he needs to sometimes, but it was a bit of a weird box score. I still haven't completely made sense of it he threw for like 300 yards he had a really efficient day and they scored 14 points i think they had a couple missed missed field goals on decent drives like the the offense was not efficient outside of that that was a that was a bad game for them they get to head home and and host a team but a rested team a team that's getting healthier i don't know do you have any injury updates on detroit and their secondary that's kind of been the the stopping point for me is like I need to know way more about their secondary as health before I can think about putting any money on this game. And I probably won't bet this game anyway. This number is what Detroit minus three on the road. Total boy, that total that total's just asking to get hit. Boy, are we betting unders this week? I don't think so. I, I don't want to touch this one. one. If I, I was I, to make if you were to like look, you have to play a fifty five on the board, man. Yeah, if you have if you've told me you have to make a play on this game, I think I would play the under. And it's largely because in all of the you know all of the iterations of this game, and if the market is right and Detroit wins, they're gonna try to get conservative in the second half, and they're gonna waste a bunch of possessions. <laughs> it's gonna be like what we saw against uh, Arizona. You know that one opened fifty, bet up to fifty four, uh, landed what forty nine, something crazy like that. So it's yeah. sim- similar similar situation. I could see well, it. Yeah, the, play out the, here. the first down handoffs to Adrian Peterson. Yeah, exactly. This just there will be wasted downs. You can almost guarantee it for both for both court, you know, for both offenses in this one. And um, Gardner Minshew had a fun couple weeks. Great job, uh, but uh, it really does not look like he has great. the chops to be a consistent NFL quarterback in this league. I don't blame them for what they're doing in Jacksonville. Um, and, you know, certainly last week's performance was not indicative of, you know, what they are as a team when healthy. They were missing a lot of really important pieces on defense. Um, coach kind of lied about the injury status of a lot of those guys. I don't know what that was all about. He was basically like, oh, yeah, no, they're all going to go except for Hayden. And then Hayden was the one guy that did go and then everybody else was out. It was very, very strange kind of misinformation game playing by Jacksonville last week from the injury report standpoint. And so I don't know what to expect. I don't know if Miles Jack's going to be out there. I don't know if CJ Henderson's going to be out there. And those are two hugely important pieces. Detroit, you mentioned first team so far that we're coming across that has extra rest coming off their bye. Given the way that Tennessee looked extremely sharp with all the extra rest they had last night. Got to wonder if that's not going to be a thing early in the season, just because of how weird the you know weird things have been. If you know if extra rest does you know tend to sharpen up your performance, we'll see. 
Um, and that's probably what's keeping me off this game more than anything else as far as an uncertainty standpoint because I'm not laying three points with Detroit on the road. Sorry. Yeah, I'm kind of stuck in a in a spot where this is probably the right number. Like yeah. It's going to be, I, I think it's probably a close game. Even with a high total, it's probably a close game. There's better dogs on the board if you want to bet the yeah. dog, and there's better that, favorites yeah, it, to hit the points if you want to bet the favorite. Even coming off rest, getting healthy, I yeah, I'm not interested in laying points with Detroit right now, and I'm yeah, I'm in the same boat. I hate Jacksonville with a passion. I hate what they're doing. I feel like they had an injury too. I'm gonna have to double check my notes on that. I got my Sunday note. I'm gonna pull my Sunday notebook out. Sunday papers. <laughs> oh, DJ Chark. Ankle. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna play, I think, though. He, Is that he's a Costello song? I think he's gonna I think he's gonna practice tomorrow. Oh, what the hell do I know? I'm I'm done guessing on Jacksonville. Oh, Jackson. They're still full of shit. Um, let's move down the card. And because again, this Detroit Jacksonville game doesn't matter at all in the scheme of things for the NFL this season. By the way, seventh game time these two franchises have played. Currently, oh, it's a long storied rivalry. Long storied you know, rivalry. They are three you know and three straight oh, up. Yeah, the they are three man. and three against the spread. Every you know what happens? One has covered in style. Yeah, go ahead. When Detroit and Jacksonville meet up, you throw out the records. You throw out you the records. You throw out the re- There's no love lost. Uh, and the last time these two teams played, November 20th, 2016, a very forgettable 26-19 comeback win by the Lions, apparently, um, led by uh, – Fourth quarter Stafford, or is that a Charlie Batch game? Uh, it, it was a Blake Bortles versus – uh, there was no passing touchdown, so I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, it was Matthew Stafford. He, uh, yeah, it was a weird one. <laughs> the game-winning score was an Eric Ebron one-yard rush. <laughs> so go figure, go figure that one out. I, I really don't remember that, this game yeah, at all. That's, that's um, what you do when you're you run show Bob Cooter. I don't know if it's a run jet sweeps as your tight end. <laughs> yes, I guess that's all true. Right, we're, a little bit of weather, I guess, to keep an eye on. 22% oh, chance of rain, 12, 12, 12 uh, mile an hour wind expected. So kind of gross. Maybe that, you know, if you're going to play an under, that's, there, there's, uh, that, that, that's one to keep an eye on, I guess. But I'm not going to play it. Atlanta, Minnesota. New head coach in Atlanta. I, feel, I believe we know the Dan Quinn era is over. Uh, he had that one magical run where he made it to three quarters of the way to a Super Bowl win. Um, it did not pan out for him in Atlanta. A lot of the success that Atlanta had early in his tenure, I think we can now properly reflect upon was Kyle Shanahan's system that they were running offensively combined with some outstanding weapons in the passing game and a peaking Matt Ryan. All of those things are gone. Uh, you are down to only Calvin Ridley, pretty Presumably, from a passing weapon standpoint, Matt Ryan looks like he is healthy. He is he is thre- threatening here in terms of being over the hill, at least from a passing standpoint. And uh, yes, your offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter stinks out loud. Raheem Moore, Raheem Morris, Raheem Moore, Raheem Morris, taking over as the head coach. Back. Oh really? Wow, Morris! No way! That is a small world. Uh, takes over for the Atlanta Falcons. We saw a huge motivational bump from the firing of Bill O'Brien last week. I don't know that I've caught. You haven't caught the same whiffs, though, with Atlanta being like, oh, thank God this guy is gone. 
right? I mean, there was a little bit of buy-in, I felt like, from the team in Atlanta in general this year. It seemed like they thought they could do something with their season, and now they're on five. And so they fire, you know, this. it was, I thought the, the timing and the decision-making was fine. Get an early start on who you're going to hire as your next head coach. Uh, you know, try to figure out, you know, develop some of these players this season. I, I really don't know. I, I really don't know what the future of this franchise is, to be honest. If we uh, want to keep lauding and putting praise upon Teddy Bridgewater, another feather in his cap, he he was finally the, the man who slayed the giant that was Dan Quinn. That is a wild – that is true and crazy. He, he, How about that? He, he was the man who finally brought him down. How about him that? Yeah, the Carolina Watson. That it was, was a, a just, it was a justifiable firing. No, was, oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. Blank said we had aspirations of being a playoff team. You don't do that from zero and five. No, this is it. And they got they did get rid of the GM Dimitrov as well. I think that was probably the right move. It's time to start over, and I don't know, probably start looking for the next quarterback while you're looking for the next coach. But yeah, this team was it was a bad guy. Just another bad game from them. And you can say, yeah, Julio was hurt, but like Julio is – what's Julio? Julio doesn't score you touchdowns anyway, especially when you get down to the red zone. <laughs> Rid- Ridley and the rest of the gang there. I like the Gage kid. Um, but, yeah, they, they had like a trash field goal at the end too, really. I mean, they, they essentially only put up like 13 points. Wasn't wasn't the field goal – like didn't they get to 16 with just like some garbage anyway? Because they were down – they were so, down yeah. – yeah, they were down ten, so they needed Against to score. Mighty Carolina defense. Yeah, they <laughs> they, they looked very and it, they, they were at home. Yeah, this was yeah. this was a very piss poor performance. I'm I'm plenty happy that they got rid of him. Yeah, they um, embarrassed themselves in Megatron's butthole. It was awful. Yeah. Um, quick question for you. The moreover, no the <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings are they quietly on a little three and zero? Streak here of covering the spread? I believe they are. Yeah. They've covered three in a row. Market was a little market was a little low on these guys, apparently. Uh, and is the Minnesota Vikings, I guess, you know, when you look back on that uh, game against the Seahawks, uh, kind of crazy they lost. That was a really dominant performance by them in that game. And the fact that they managed to lose it is kind of wild. Uh, I don't care one way or the other about that decision to go for it on fourth down when you're a one in four team, a one in three team, and you know you absolutely have to get the win, and you choose to go for it on fourth one. That's fine. Um, obviously, uh, it was. Yeah. It, I mean, anybody who hasn't uh, WPA model showed that it was the right move, even if it yeah. was. You know, again, it's an open system, and not everything can be a hundred percent on a spreadsheet, and it was pretty close. But at the same time, even if it's a coin flip call, I'm all for the aggressive move if you're a team with the record that the Vikings had. You know, the Vikings are essentially out of the playoffs at this point. It's really hard to come back. Come, I are mean, they? again, it's, it's the NFC, and there are seven spots. Somebody's going to get in at like eight and eight. Being one and four, yeah. So do you, do you think they can rip off a, a seven and four run? Maybe the schedule isn't Great, you know, you play the Packers again. Get That's not easy. The Lions. Yeah, I mean, they they can't seem to beat the Bears in um, 
Soldier Field ever. So they, they go to the Packers, to the Bears. They got to play the the nightmare that is Andy Dalton. They got at the Bucks, at the Saints. Yeah, their schedule is too tough. This is it's, kind it's of not, it's kind of a tough schedule. They're, they, yeah. they're yeah, it's it's a loss. Yeah, it's season. over. Yeah, it's but, over. And and, and um, uh, talking injuries. You know, we talked Julio a little. Delvin Cook did not practice today. Delvin mm-hmm. Cook pulled his groin. Uh, running backs don't matter. Madison had like 112 yards, but it might change the game plan a little, which God bless them. They still kind of stuck to what was working, even after Cook was hurt. They are a bit of a running team, and it's surprising that they're able to score as much as they did in a couple of these games where they got after it. They actually have the second most points scored in the, well, two teams already had a bye, I guess, in their division. I was going to say they've scored. They scored <laughs> and that that does help. They've, but here's they've given they haven't them. scored as many points as Green Bay have played one less game. Who but one less game? yeah, that's not great. Well, Green Bay is putting up an offense, but they they've are, given yeah. up. They've given up 152 as well. Like the, yeah. the defense looked better at times, but it's still. I'm not sure what happened there in the first half. What what was going on? I felt it was more on Seattle's play calling than on anything Minnesota did as an offense. And then Kirk Cousins went full Phillip Rivers on their ass, and all of a sudden it's, you know, all of a sudden it's 21-13. Does the, I mean, this is a small move from four out to three and a half out to four, so there's a little bit of Minnesota enthusiasm out there. Surprised me. I thought there would be some people who ran back to back the, uh, for, you know, team off a coach fired angle, which has been so profitable over the years. But uh, does that move make sense to you? Is this a correctly priced game at three and a half, four? Yeah, I guess even with the even with some of those players back on defense, the Atlanta defense looked rough. Minnesota's defense looked better. Uh, I guess at time, if if people want to give them credit Eric for Wilson, Eric Wilson played his ass off. He was yeah. Awesome. I don't even really know who that I don't guy even is. know who he is. <laughs> no, he was he had, everywhere. He was he everywhere. was everywhere. He had two picks. Um, yeah, if I had to bet this, it'd be Minnesota. I don't believe in the coach bump as a real thing. I think it just I think it's more narrative. I bet if you go back and look, it's it's fine. And and again, it wasn't like star, you know, star TJ Watt has a spat with Bill O'Brien, then they fire him. Right. There, there was no like Dan Quinn and Matt Ryan are angry at each other. Yeah. This doesn't fix just, the play calling of the offense, which is no, it, yeah, you're getting the same play calling. You're getting again. You're getting a defensive coach take over the reins, which I'm not crazy about. Now you have that in both sides. Actually, you know what? As crazy as doing this in 2020 sounds, like this total is a it's a titch too high. Yeah. Because what what Minnesota is going to especially Minnesota with the lead back yeah, they up win like 28, 21 or something probably. Yeah, I could see seven touchdowns in this game, and it still doesn't get there. I think Atlanta's offense remains anemic. Even against, I'm not betting this under because I just don't do that, and it's and it's been beat down already. It looks like Pinnacle opened this at. Show me the total. I don't want to see the side. What are you nuts? Opened soft opener was fifty six and a half. It's down two points. Like okay. I'm not betting bad numbers, but uh, maybe if there's some early scores, I might get involved in this one live. But yeah, nothing for me here. I'm gonna cheer for Atlanta. Okay. Why? <laughs> you want a good traffic for Minnesota? I just like to see people miserable at work. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice of you. Yeah. Let's talk about Houston, Tennessee. You tee this one up. 
Um, Tennessee just saw them, so they get a short week. They looked great. This is one of the ones I regret not betting for like full stakes. In these standalone games, I always bet some props or something fun, and I ended up just looking and looking and looking and said, like, Tennessee's going to win. And then I didn't even bet the money line. I just took some Tennessee plus three, and it was like bell to bell, wire to wire, no doubter. Tannehill looked great, even with the injuries. Getting A.J. Brown back was a big deal. Yes, it was. It was I, I think deal. it was a huge deal. Especially, yeah. no, the, the, the A.J. Brown back plus trade. White out. Yep, that Trey White out. That was a slam dunk. And and Brown out for the Buffalo Bills. That didn't help either. So yeah, right. Uh, Josh Josh Allen's worst game of the year for sure. Um, he looked a little rough at times, and he, and he lost a receiver. And he was playing from a, a minus position for most of the game. That hasn't happened a ton. You know, they were down to Miami. They were down to the Rams a little bit, but playing from that position for the full game, he didn't look nearly as sharp. Tennessee did everything right. I mean, they scored 42 points. They were given some short fields in a couple of those instances, but even the, you know, just the regular drives where they were had to drive the length of the field, they looked efficient in several aspects. I mean, yeah, A.J. Brown was great. We didn't even really talk that much about uh, our guy, Tractor Cito, because we didn't need to. Like, Tanny, Tanny's, Tanny's a good quarterback, man. This yeah. is weird. We brought this up maybe on Sunday. I think we said that like he just got gased, like he and you get that negative connotation. Be like, oh man, he sucked when he played. You know, earlier was it? Yeah, in Miami, he he, he wasn't good. And this is this is a different man. This is a good team. Uh, Houston coming off a win, they looked good, but again against a. Uh, much lower competition than beating the Bills. The Bills kind of were put in a tough spot with the rescheduling and all that. And Tennessee is super, super rested, I guess. That was a, a weird thing that came out of this game. I think people were, you know, the argument rest versus rust and what's going to happen if they don't practice. And, you know, who was it? Uh, one of our guys that played some college ball. Eric, or uh, was yeah. it Eric? Maybe Eric, yeah. He'd said that, you know, like a lot of these practices, you know, they're only hitting a couple times a week anyway. You know, a lot of the practice is just putting game plan together. And, you know, even if they couldn't practice, it's not like these guys were sitting alone in a room like a monk in a monastery. I'm sure they had plenty of meetings online. Like sure. you get the offense in a Zoom meeting and start putting plans together. And, it, you know, they're professionals that have played before. So maybe not practicing for two weeks isn't the worst thing. I was surprised. I thought it was going to matter. I I thought the number had gotten too big. Like, I thought it was going to be a close game, and I was happy to take the dog. So, I mean, I agree. I agree. I'm surprised they won by a shitload. Like, that, was, that wasn't what I thought would happen. I bet a little on the live over as well. That was nice because they just and, – and we took the second half over. Which yeah. pushed, but uh, was that a lucky push or an unlucky push? Because I feel like the you know both. Yeah, yeah, it was both. It was a little of both, but uh, so this opened at four. You bet it at four. You took the Houston Texans. It yeah. dropped like a rock. You were. What would you do if you were me right now? Right for it. Three. I, and honestly, can you actually? I have two really important questions. It's three and a half. It's going to three. It's essentially a three and a half already. It is. So number one. Why did they open it under three? 
And number two, they're going to give people the middle on three. It looks like that's surprising. What what is what's the deal? The, yeah, that that's the most baffling part of this game to me is the what the market did. Um, having the four, it, you have the best of the number on Houston for now. It I, might want off, I kind of want off of it. I think, <laughs> tell you the truth. I mean, if I were you, I'd go to, I'd go to nitrogen or somewhere else where you can sell points and take four at a plus number because you can get four plus probably plus so five right now. Yeah. And minimize your pain on this one. I would get off of it. I wouldn't feel great about holding even a number that's not available right now. Like it's you have the best <laughs> of the number, but everyone, yeah, pinnacle bookmaker, both at minus 24, minus 26. So essentially you're looking at almost a three and a half. It's like three and a quarter already, and it's taking money. Tennessee looking that good in primetime. Weird that they took money, I guess. I'm not sure why they opened it where they did. I guess maybe they took into account some of the some of the heat they took on that four that drove it down on Sunday. And they said maybe we should open the market where it was. Because I don't know, man. I th- I don't even know how many bets got in. It was it was so fast, and it was. Well, I, know, I know, but but they saw what happened to their soft number, and they said, "Well, let's not open it on the other side of four. Honestly, I have no idea. I don't know okay. why. Probably a mistake on their part because now they're going right. to be they're going to take bets on both sides of three now, which isn't I, yeah, no, it's a high it's total. Cool. The totals in the low fifties, so maybe three isn't. As important, three's yeah. not as important as that's it once true. was. That's so true. maybe they're not too worried. But uh, if yeah, if I had to back a team, it was Tennessee two days ago. Rest, uh, uh, got one and a half. I think I saw. I think got a little as low as one and a half even on Sunday night. Um, yeah, rest advantage. No, the rest no advantage idea. is uh, is in favor of Houston. That's worth noting. Uh, five days rest is an unusual short rest window. We usually see. Thursday night football, both teams have an equal short rest of four and four. Uh, this is weird where Tennessee has five and um, Houston has the full seven. Um, I can't say that that matters a ton. Uh, and I especially can't say it because, you know, it's, it's not like Houston's going to get extra players back and it's not like their coaching staff was going to use that time to craft the perfect game plan <laughs> because they're not very good at their jobs. Um I would almost say that Tennessee, you know, Tennessee is all offense. Their defense has tons of, is very suspect. And I give Watson a fighting chance in this game because he's going to have time, right? This is a kind of the ideal matchup for Watson where Tennessee can't really get much going in terms of pass rush unless they scheme something very specific from, you know, misdirection blitz standpoint. They did it a couple of times against Josh Allen, but it really overall, I thought Josh Allen existed in a pretty clean pocket and his offensive line didn't necessarily even play an especially good game. Um, Now you're going to, if you give time, if you give Watson time and his receivers are running amok down the field and he's, you know, hitting you with, you know, hitting home runs to Fuller and Cook's, and, uh, you know, who's the other guy? Stills, I guess, is doing runs down the field and, and Cobb in the seam. Um, yeah, I can see Houston being able to go score for score with Tennessee in this one. I think the over is probably fair look. Um, and I don't know. I kind of want to – I think I'm probably – I think this is going to be back and forth scoring at least through the majority of the game. So I'm probably going to stand pat on four and buy out at some point live or at halftime. 
if uh, Houston has a lead. Do you think that's a better plan than paying for a GC three and a half or something? You know, a GC three or a, a flat three and a half at this point, just a truly buyout? Yeah, like I said, I'd sell out to the four and just get rid of it if you don't want it. But yeah, the <clears throat> the Tennessee pass rush is just so, not something that's really materialized. Their defense in general was not great. I yeah. felt like their plays, the plays that they made in that game against Buffalo was more Buffalo making mistakes, didn't you think? And and to, to be fair, like maybe this is in my head because we haven't seen this team play for a month. But like the the Jadavian Clowney sweepstakes was kind of a big deal, and so now it's like, oh yeah, he plays for the Titans, huh? <laughs> he's down there, huh? He just blew it up. Yeah, uh, and he's, yeah he, he, dis- he disappears for long periods of time where you forget he's on a t- team X, and then he shows up for one random game. Like that's that's kind of his mo. Yeah. So yeah, I. I don't love this. I don't love this game. I think it's kind of where it needs to be, like just a shade over three. The 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 rest thing sucks, but again, this offense is just this offense has its shit together right now, and it's. I think it's going to be up to if Houston covers, they have to keep up on offense. I don't think they're slowing. They're not going to slow them down considerably. I'd lean over. I'd lean Tennessee at this price before it gets to four. I wouldn't play. I wouldn't care about playing a cheap three. Or I yeah. play three and a half, but no bet for me. I'm leaving this one alone. I, yeah, so the w- weird situation coming up. If I game. didn't have Tennessee, if I didn't have Houston already, I would probably bet the over in this game. To be honest, because I think it should be closer to fifty six. Um, Tennessee's defense is that poor. They're playing pretty fast. Uh, Houston's defense is not great either. Um, Healthy weapons, more healthy weapons are going to come back for Tennessee. Probably, you're probably going to see Corey Davis or Humphreys, one or both. Um, Johnny Smith is awesome. There are, there are, Brown is awesome. Today, and honestly, you know, Houston's going to be without Derek McKinney, which is kind of their key run stop. So, you know, if Tennessee has a lead in the fourth quarter of this one, Derek Henry's probably putting this game away. Um, he hasn't done much this season, but he absolutely can get it done against this Houston team, which has struggled to stop the run at times this season. Let's move on to the Washington football team taking on the New York football giants, the football team versus the football giants. The best case scenario here. And I don't think I'm not sad that I missed the best of the number. Okay. We saw this open up at giants minus three and a half. It's been bet down to Giants minus two and a half. Okay. That's not information based. That's somebody saying Washington is closer to a pick'em in this one. Now we got confirmation today that Kyle Allen was is going to be the starting quarterback. I laughed hard in my own head, thinking that there was somebody sitting behind a computer who was like, I, I got it. Kyle Allen is gonna go fire on Washington fire. Like, like let's move, let's, let's get this money down. Let's move this number because it moved across three. That's a big damn move, right? Somebody out there has a strong opinion that Washington is going to be competitive in this contest. I don't see it. Um, I don't see anything about what they're doing offensively. That is in the stratosphere of what can compete in today's NFL. Meanwhile, the giants are fighting feisty. They're, they're playing somewhat squirrely hard. 
Daniel Jones had one of his better games against the Dallas Cowboys last weekend. Obviously, they didn't win, but it was one of his better games as a pro. Certainly a hell of a lot more competent quarterback play than we saw from him so far this season. Um, the cover that they got out in L.A. against the Rams is looking better by the day uh, after the Rams went across the country and thumped the Washington football team. So yeah. it's it's kind of weird that there is so much momentum here for, back, for a Washington back. Uh, and... I have absolutely no interest in betting this from a side or total standpoint at all. Um, but I have a rooting interest. Are you ready? We want to have 14 sacks. Yeah. We want, oh boy. Oh my God. We very much want to chase to have 14. Give us 14 sacks and three strip sacks touchdowns. That is all we're asking. That is not too much to ask here. Um, no, but in seriousness, I want to, I want a giants uh, comfortable one. I want them to look good. I want them to win comfortably. Oh, going into the the game next week, I got you. Going in, both going into both games next week. We oh. got Giants heading into Philadelphia for their annual getting their asses kicked on Thursday night football at the hands of the Eagles. Uh, I would love that number to get depressed. I would love that to be a bettable number for the Eagles. And we have Washington football team hosting the Dallas Cowboys and their pass rush potentially going up against the beleaguered. Dallas line. And, and I, I mean, Rocket. realistically, we're, 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 spoiler alert, I bet Dallas this week. Spoiler alert, I, I bet against Philly this week. Uh, and the perfect complement to those two bets is the Giants kicking the Washington football team's ass in this spot. Is it really a spoiler if we said it on the Sunday pod? No, not really. <clears throat> but you never know. You missed he, it. Yeah, no, it's it's this may be filed away in, in best laid plans. This may never come to fruition. Washington football team might be the right side. They might win. Um, but uh, I'm very hopeful to get them next week against the Cowboys in the ballpark of plus six. And I'm very hopeful to get the uh, Eagles on Thursday night football in the ball, ballpark of uh, minus three. Yeah. I don't have much to say on this one. The, I, I agree. That, that'd be best case scenario. I agree with you on those forward looking moves, but this is not Aaron Donald and the gang up front. You know, that offensive line was rough. Poor uh, and also, Twitter just can suck my dick. Jesus, <laughs> people, the million tweets about how say, "Oh my God, this is I'm tears." People were saying they were tearing up because Alex Smith was in the game, and then like a minute later, people are like, "Oh my God, I, my heart just stopped when he got hit by Aaron Donald." Like, well, you can't be excited for him to play football and scared that he's going to get hurt. It's, that's not how this works. That's not how it works. And <laughs> yeah, he's going to get hit because this offensive line is not great. And I didn't think he'd get hit that much. Jesus. He got sacked. <laughs> he didn't even start the game when he got sacked six times. He got, every every time I flipped over, it was him getting hit. I don't I mean, like what, Dexter Lawrence? I I'm who's who are we worried about? It's not it's not Aaron Donald this week. But at the same time, if if they get pressured, like New York probably wins this game because you can't get it to McLaurin. You can't use your weapons, uh, Gibson, if you're constantly having your quarterback on the back. And <clears throat> I, if I learned anything from that, if I'm the Giants, I'm just going to constantly bring heat and work on my pass rush because the rest of the defense isn't great. Also, the Giants we saw against the Rams, they can play good short to intermediate D. Yeah, like, it, like what is like what is Kyle Allen going to do? He's not going to attack you down the field. Kyle Allen's offensive line also stinks. I mean, uh, well, yeah, Washington's offensive line also stinks. 
Uh, I, I, I really, yeah, I really don't. New York had a linebacker get hurt. Uh, Carter. So sure. it was a bad one too. I think it was so like gonna re replace a yeah, replacement. Yeah, he ripped his Achilles out. Again, a replacement player gets replaced by a replacement level player. There, I mean these these are bad teams. It's funny that Washington's ahead of them in the standings, but yeah, I don't I don't get the love for Washington. I have no interest in betting this game. I'm done with no. them. I think the Giants get their first win. I'm hopeful that they do it in style. You can bet that. There's a Jets versus Giants market. Who wins first? It's Giants like minus three hundred. What if they both win this week? Is it go to the Giants because this game kicks off at one? I'm not sure. That's a good question. I'm gonna have to ask the good people at the offshore. I don't remember. I think probably bet online. Bet online. Yeah, I think I saw it there too. So, um, all right. Well, that's cool. Why don't you why don't you tee off the one we really want to talk about? This might be the most fun handicap of the week. Yeah, AFC Let Norse Black and Blue Division. Throw out the record books, although they do have two good records. We have a 4-0 and a 4-1 and team. This is fun. These uh, <laughs> these, teams both, these teams both look pretty good at times. We saw some very big, you know, just the, the last two weeks of Cleveland, we saw some highlights. The OBJ run, you know, some of the passes. I, Baker Mayfield's still not that good. Just the the I think the coaching is finally there, and the the play calling and the scheming has been great for this Cleveland offense. The Cleveland defense is still very suspect, soft in the middle of the corpse of Rivers. Still was able to move the ball on them at times, even with his his brain is I don't know if he's been hit too many times. He was making some bad decisions. It's probably like it, when you have a bunch of kids, it probably makes you stupid, right? Yeah, it really does, honestly. I only have a couple, but he has like nine. Yeah, the, uh, I wasn't impressed with the Cleveland defense at times, giving up some chunk yardage. Uh, I mean, both the last couple weeks, uh, there's been problems. Uh, it's been masked because everyone's so excited about Cleveland moving the ball and scoring. But Pittsburgh, same thing. Pittsburgh looked great. Uh, ben to my guy Chase Claypool, that's a thing. Like he's a big, tall, physical receiver. He looked great. He had four touchdowns. Probably should have had five. Pittsburgh, kind of the victim of a couple bad calls. They were getting called for holding more than anybody has this year. And then that push off, that Claypool, that was rough. We're lucky that uh, Wentz is kind of a turnover machine. They could not get off the field on third down. I don't think that's like a sustainable. I'm not putting that as like an indictment of Pittsburgh's defense being worse than we thought. Just they had bad third down variants. Nobody's going to, you know, continue to do that. This defense is good. Uh, Cleveland, Baker under pressure is not great. So if this pass rush gets to him, probably Pittsburgh. Like the, Cleveland taking money is probably silly here. I, I feel like you, you bet this three. I'm awful tempted to bet this three. Pittsburgh at home only favored by three because they've had some close games where – I mean, they've had close games, but were, did you ever think they were going to, like, lose to the Texans? No. Or, you know, even Philly, like, I was worried about the cover, but it's like Philly's not stopping this pass game. Pittsburgh, no. Whatever Philly does, Pittsburgh's going to answer. So, I mean, it is it is a test for them, obviously. It's one of the better teams they've played. But uh, Pittsburgh at home, only laying three against this team, I think is uh, probably a play. Yeah. You play it. You played yeah. it, right? Didn't I you? played it, right? Yeah, I'm, at, I'm in at three. Yeah, I'm in at three. Uh, yeah, 
I went back and forth on this one. I thought hard about the over. I thought hard about three and a half. I'm glad I waited. And, you know, and, you know, by all means, check out the matchbook. We should give a little light to some of the other work we do besides the deep dive pod. Check out the matchbook um, preview show uh, where the great Rob Pozzola did a masterful job of bringing up a bunch of points that I thought were clearly in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but then didn't pull the trigger on the Steelers. Maybe he will now that it's three. Um, but it's, this is a good spot for them. I mean, I mean, we haven't seen, and I, you know, I know in the back of my head, we haven't seen Pittsburgh. We haven't seen big Ben give us a clunker yet this season. They have four clean games and we haven't really seen. That's what uh, MVP candidates do. <laughs> he's, he's my 10th. He's my 10th rated quarterback right now. Uh, and he with room to improve to the upside. Um, but overall, the Pittsburgh offense, I think, is the most competent unit on the field here, and I don't think it's close. Um, their offensive line is getting healthy. They can neutralize the one strength of the Browns, which is their pass rush. And Ben Roethlisberger, he, and again, this is Rob Pozzola's point, hat tip to him, but he pointed out correctly, Roethlisberger is getting the ball out of his hands very, very fast. He is running an, a, a much quicker style offense than the Roethlisberger-Pittsburgh offenses of yesteryear. And that's exactly what you want to do when you have a bunch of wide receivers who are just badass athletes and who you want to get in open space and make plays. We're not, is, we haven't even been talking about Juju. Like, it's good, yeah. There's so many guys. They have like four good receivers and and a good tight end and a couple running backs that can catch the ball. Right, and guess what? I don't think we've seen the best of this passing offense yet. I don't either. And guess who they match up against? A bunch of guys who are hurt and or stink. This Browns secondary is not good. It's not good. They have one good cover corner, and his best you know his best performance happens along the sidelines and down the field, where Pittsburgh's not even really going to try to attack you. So it is. A nice matchup for Pittsburgh to dictate when they are at, when they have the ball when they're running offense in this spot, um, and the Cleveland Browns uh, are overrated. I'll say it flat out. I know I got my butt kicked by them having the Colts last week. Uh, I know that in general, you know Kevin Stefanski is doing a freaking awesome job coaching this team up, um, but uh, the way they're getting it done and the who the the, the specific scheme that they are leaning on plays poorly into what Pittsburgh does well defensively. Pittsburgh run stop is excellent. Pittsburgh's uh, ability to fluster a quarterback and create turnovers is a nightmare matchup for a Baker Mayfield uh, error prone, uh, you know, quarterback performance here. Uh, you know, the question I ask myself about this game is does Minka Fitzpatrick have one touch touchdown or two uh, in terms of, you know, returning errant passes by Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's hurt by the way. Uh, he not passing today in practice. He's going to go in this game, but was he going to be 100%? No freaking way. Uh, and he's missing his most important piece on the offensive line, the great Wyatt Teller. Best guard in football, not named Quentin Nelson, has been performing to a superior level this season. And now you're taking him out, and you're going to let the Pittsburgh interior pass rush uh, mess with Baker Mayfield and you know force him into uh, you know force him into pressure and sacks and poor decisions. This is a great matchup for Pittsburgh. I love it so many ways. Um, I can't believe we got a three. The market move doesn't make much sense to me at all here. And there's really, I, I, we haven't even gotten to all the positives, really. 
you know, P- Pittsburgh is at the, you know the, the fact that they're at home, the fact that they've beat up on the Browns year in year out. Uh, it, it's this is just uh, a sweet spot with a low price. I probably if this if this had closed four and a half, I would probably have some Pittsburgh. I feel like, uh, and I just I don't I feel like we're getting a gift here. Uh, this is not as big a gift as that. Uh, uh, what Pittsburgh, uh, would you pay Pittsburgh for your three over minus one fourteen? Where did you get that at? That's what I just paid. Nitrogen. <laughs> where, where are you looking at? If you can guess it, I'll come. I'll fly out and buy you a drink. Oh, really? Is that like metallic skin or something? No. <laughs> GT bets. GT bets. Oh wow. Everybody. Everyone else had the a fifteen. Oh, they, okay. and you know what? I will a little shine to GT bets, even though. They are limiting me to five dollar bets on <laughs> on on esports. On e- oh well, the, yeah, the best part. Sure, no, I mean I'm just tailing. Everybody. I'm tailing some people on that. Yeah. But the best part was I still placed the bet because I I just said fuck it. I clicked it. I bet a five dollar bet on esports and it lost. Oh. Like, well, that, was, that was a whole bunch of extra money you could have had there, GT yeah. bets. But GT bets, GT bets does let you sell a point. Okay. They will let you sell half or a whole point on NFL sides. Are there fair selling price? It's, usually... it's, re- it's it's reasonable. It's not the best, but there aren't a ton of books that let you sell. So I I do have to give them a little love on that, even though. And then sometimes, yeah, their 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 limits are not great at times for <laughs> things that aren't NFL, basically. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, if it's an NFL shop, that's worth having in your in your arsenal. Um, but yeah, I'm in at uh, minus three, minus one fourteen. I think it's a solid play. Uh, and yeah, realistically, if Cleveland's going to take my lunch money two weeks in a row, so be it. I bet on them two weeks, and they covered for me. Washington football team in Dallas. Uh, they, they actually they won for me plus one ninety on the money line against Dallas. I double dipped on that one, so I, I really have uh, I have no problem being wrong about this. Um, Pittsburgh is that much. Yeah, it's in Pittsburgh can no show. They can have a bad game. They can, you know, they can underperform. I, you know, that is, of course, that's within the realm of possibility. I just love their matchup in this. Another one we bet on Sunday. Ooh, great one! I'll tee this up. Baltimore versus Philly. Now, when we bet this on Sunday, it was seven. It's moved out to seven and a half. I saw it p- pushing up to eight, and it's come back. So there has been some Philly money that's entered the market. I don't know where this goes it could come back to seven at some point before the weekend i can't really get a read on how the overall sharp community feels about this game there's a lot of people who are pointing out correctly that baltimore's offense has not been great so far this season they're not as dynamic there's no way to deny that but their defense has been much much better they made most of their investments in the offseason on the defensive side of the ball and it is bearing fruit through this point in the season especially against teams that have anything going on suspect in the offensive standpoint. And that is Philadelphia in a nutshell. They have numerous injuries across their skill position players still they're dealing with. Uh, And Carson Wentz is having a season from hell. He's performed very, very poorly to this point in the season. Um, Shockingly down among other quarterbacks like, uh, you know, Sam Darnold and Dwayne Haskins and, and Daniel Jones, you know, he's in the bottom five of, quarterbacks in the seats below Trubisky and Foles. So, you know, this is, this is now five game sample we have on him in 2020 and it's not telling us anything good. 
Um, and on the flip side, Lamar Jackson, yes, he's not as dynamic a rushing threat this season, but that's not really where you want to try to attack Philadelphia anyway. You want to hit them where they have a very poor linebacking and safety core. You want to do what uh, you want to basically, you want to rerun the playbook that the Rams ran where they had what Tyler Higby had what three touchdowns in that game. You want to rerun what the, uh, the Steelers did with Claypool attacking some of the, some of the, uh, the, Depth issues they had at secondary. The linebacker that just got so bad. They're they're not good players, and that is guess what? That plays exactly into Baltimore's plan A from a passing standpoint. Ooh, ooh, I'm, a, I'm doing it. I'm doing, a, I'm doing a DFS play. He's oh, probably one of the most expensive tight ends anyway. Like Mark, oh, I, Mark just, Andrews. I have Mark Andrews on a fantasy team, and you don't even have to start a tight end in that league. He's in one of my wide receiver spots every week because I love the guy. He always gets his, and he should eat. He is going to eat up these linebackers. It's a perfect matchup for a good linebacker, which is crazy that Ebron didn't even – I'd have to check. You know, I, I, Maybe he did. I, I don't even know. Like Everyone was so enamored with what Claypool did, and like that that uh, that play call that he switched out and said, hey, Chase, like that's a linebacker. Just run faster than him, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sling a touchdown with my bad elbow here. And it was, I mean, he embarrassed him. So there's some, yeah, the secondary, the linebackers, uh, still okay pass rush at times. But uh, you know who has a better pass rush? The Ravens. And they <laughs> absolutely got after Mr. Mr. Wonderful there from LSU, our guy Burrow. He got sacked seven times. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, granted the game script called for him to throw. He only threw it 30 times. It's not like he dropped back seventy times like the you know the game early on in the season. He still got sacked seven times. The Ravens thoroughly embarrassed that team in it, and they, they even I mean they really only put up twenty points. Like it was a snoozer. It was a cruise game. They scored a defensive touchdown, and I think this defense has been a little underrated because we just haven't seen them have to do this yet. And, you know, the, the one game where everybody got to see him, they got embarrassed by a really, really good team like the, that the, who lost to the Astro or Astros. I'm watching the baseball game who lost to the, the Raiders. It's a, it's a weird circle right now, but defense a little underrated. I think they'll definitely get after it against this Eagles front four, front five, the offensive line. That's what we call that. I'm getting a little – everything's jumbled right now. I'm so excited about Ravens minus seven because we laid it on Sunday. I'm more than happy to get that number. If somebody came up to you and said, Drew, Drew, well, Capper, sure. sure. would you still lay it at minus seven and a half? Are you comfortable with that? What's my – the juice options out there aren't too bad right now. You can basically get it for flat seven and a half. I don't hate that at all. Um, I get, Because, again, guess who plays – Damn well with the lead, the Baltimore Ravens. A, t- a team with like four good running backs. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens play they, well. They make the Gus. Gus looks good. The, their their scheme on defense. Their you know the the Baltimore Ravens are not going the type of team that's going to come back if the Philadelphia Eagles get out to a hot start. But guess what? Then plus seven is an plus seven and seven and a half are in the same boat. Uh, I don't mind seven and a half at all. It's just as good a play as seven flat. I, in my opinion, if you can get it in the 102, 105. They have another, this Duvernay kid. They can have him run the ball once or twice a game. He's so fast. But yeah, crazy, you, you got Ingram, Dobbins, Edwards, and then your, your quarterback. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have you you can run the piss out of this ball. That's right. I almost I almost wanted to lean a little on the under here. It's already it's already been bet down a little. If it were, you know, I think if this would open 49, we'd have pounced on that under, but where it sits now, leaving it alone, and yeah, happy with my position there. Yeah, same. Okay. We agree. Let's uh cruise on down and you can hit uh hit a little uh Indie since another game, I bet. In fact, I bet it twice. Oh, really? Lay it on me. If you were with us on the Sunday pod, we just said, Yeah, since all the bad things I just said about Cincinnati, it was still too many points. Getting a point and a half of meaningless closing line value against some dead numbers. Pretty happy with it anyway. Took the plus nine and a half on Cincy. <clears throat> the Darius Leonard injury hurt. I'm not sure if we have super. Updated information on him right now, but even even if he's back and he's not 100, that sketches me out. Burrow is better than this. The he Indian did not defense, practice today. Yeah, the, I I don't think he's going to play, and I think that matters. I I'm I'm thinking since he will probably get the offense going a little more than they did against obviously Baltimore. That we we said play them, they might get shut out. Play the team total under. You're right, and here I come back on the other side playing it over. Was it 45 and a half on this? I took dog and over, which is essentially a funny way to take the Cincinnati team total over because if Cincinnati gets to a certain point, you can't lose both bets because yeah. uh, once Cindy scores points, the over hits, and once you lose that side. So plus nine and a half was just too much. This is not, I mean, there's not much to explain there, I guess. I just the number was too damn big, so I took it because it was going to move the other way. I don't think I'm like buying back on this. I'm I'm probably happy with it, especially with what I've saw from Philip Rivers last weekend. I'm not I'm not big on the Cincy defense, but Rivers can muck it up against anyone. If we get a turnover, you know, Cincy might be live to be a nasty, ugly take out some uh, survivor leagues here. I think they get theirs. Uh, the soft part of the middle of this defense is workable. I'm not super excited about what AJ Green is doing with his life right now, but oh, other piece, other pieces. Mi- yeah, Mixon and Mixon gets shit up. Mixon is a good running back. He's still getting enough of the share that the, you know they believe in him. So I'm. Uh, he had a bad game against a very tough defense. I mean, Burrow had a bad game against a very tough defense. I don't think Burrow gets sacked seven times this week. There are some nice pieces up front for Indy. But I liked his uh, I liked his comments after the game, and the analytics community loved his comments after the game, where he basically, in a roundabout way, acknowledged that sacks are a quarterback stat. Yes. He, he didn't he didn't say anything about the offensive line. He said, "I have to be better on that." He knows he's probably holding the ball too long, or he's not getting that pocket presence he needs. He's not moving. He's not sliding up. He's not getting, you know, just not getting rid of the ball in in a, uh, uh, you know, the amount of time timely he needs way. to, yeah. in, in a timely fashion. And you know, when you have Patrick Queen roaming and you have Humphrey and you have some of the other guys in the defensive secondary and Marcus Peters roaming around back there, it makes it tough. And it's not going to be as tough against Indy as well as their defense has looked against some lesser competition. We saw that they can be beat, especially with the injuries here. So, sure, happy, no, happy with both of those. I agree with all those takes. Um, I played the over as well. I'm going to sit on this. I get a good number. 
Um, the new average total in the NFL is 51. So when you see a number like 45, what do we? I think I bet 45 on Sunday. What you bet? It was a there really was, good number. There was a 40, 45. I think I took a cheap 45 and a half. Okay, well, I, I, I'll, 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 I'll get the right number on my card regardless. The but yeah, this is this. I made this 49 personally, which is just un, a hair under an average total in the NFL nowadays. Uh, and realistically, I'm more concerned about Indianapolis getting to their team total than Cincinnati. <laughs> what about you? I got, you know, Cincinnati's team totals me 19 and these is 40, you know, 27. Uh, I, I feel better about Cincinnati getting 20 than needed 27, but I still think that, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is a, a competitive game and, uh, Cincinnati can go score for score with these guys. And, um, you know, the, the defense, the, the, the cute, the two defensive injuries specifically, uh, reader gone for Cincinnati matters. Uh, Indianapolis is going to be able to matriculate the ball. No problem. In this game, uh, they just need to score touchdowns in the red zone finally. And uh, Cincinnati is, you know, they they can pick apart what Indianapolis is uh, is on the field in the absence of Darius, of Darius Leonard. I'm assuming he doesn't go. If he ends up playing, I'm going to be super pissed because I thought he had a chance last week and that ended up making a big difference in their game against the Browns. Um, but so be it. Uh, over 45 is still a good number by the market and uh, should be a fun game. Let's talk about... Denver New England. music. Storied. What about? This is an actual storied. Uh, Pop music. Rock, you know that jam? Oh, yeah. I love that jam. The uh, Yacht Rock or something. Yacht Rock. Oh, Denver is... New England. This game is happening. Yeah, finally. At long last. This, in, uh, I was hoping this would open at a bad number because I just had a feeling that they weren't going to. They were going to do something wonky with it, and it it kind of opened where it needed to open. So I don't have a ton here, but I mean, good good for both teams. Like both teams had injuries or illnesses to their quarterbacks. Probably both teams get their quarterbacks back. That and good good for viewers, good for the league to get the starting quarterbacks back. Nobody wants to see Stidham versus Rippin. So if we can get Cam versus Locke, that's uh. That's a way better deal for everybody, all involved. And yeah, I mean, did did this kind of open where you thought it would? Exactly. Uh, the total is still low, forty five, but especially given that Locke's going to be back. Um, but I get why it's low. Um, mm-hmm. And New England ought to be close to a double digit favorite. I, I would have made this game nine. It's nine and a half, ten. I get why there's a little surcharge for New England, but uh, you know, this is this is going to be a weird one with both teams basically having two weeks of practice and then basically being off. So, nothing really for me on this. <laughs> Cam Newton, hopefully, hopefully Cam Newton continues. I'm, you know, I'm rooting for him well. as much as I, I, I kind of. Yeah. It's funny how like one play can turn you on someone, and like him not diving for that fumble in in the Super Bowl really kind of soured me on the guy. Like that drives yeah. me nuts. Like you, you, you go through training camp, you go through preseason you go through 16 17 weeks of fighting with your squad and all the way to the super bowl and you're not going to dive on that ball like yeah. i was so pissed about that and I, you know what i had bet this is one of the uh, at that point probably the biggest bet i'd ever bet on a super bowl was carolina team total under Oh, that like, was a good bet. It, like it was the first year I found out what team totals were, and I bet them all the time. It was a lot of fun, and so I had I had the Carolina team total under, and I was still mad about it. 
Like it was just such a shitty deal for him. But you know what? Right now, I'm I'm I flipped. I'm I'm cheering for the guy. I guess I do have some comeback player of the year tickets, so I'm cheering for that as well. But I hope he does succeed. And God, I hate New England. I hate everything about that. I'm cheering for this guy, but I want to see him succeed because I don't know. Just people doubted that he could go to a different system and still be good after some injuries. I, I think they're kind of figuring it out. It sucked that they. Uh, they had the COVID there, and they had to go. Boy, Hoyer and Stidham were not good, and that's a tough opponent. But they don't have a tough defense, and they still look so bad, so, so bad. So, yeah, yeah this number opened right where I thought. Again, we all kind of agreed on this, and it, it's fine. Like 10-11, it's kind of where it needed to be, and no bet. No interest, just and it's a wonky situation. It's a tough one to bet into. Yeah, 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 yeah. And realistically. I mean, if, if I had to bet it, I'm betting Cam. Cam points over. Okay. Okay. Um, should that be consideration for a secret scope play? Yeah, I think we'll come to come to one at the end, but that's that's, that's not the worst. That's gonna be That's gonna be That's a little high. Yeah. yeah. No. No thanks. Um, okay. The uh, moving down the card here, another one that I did not take any action on. Um, I'll get the time on this one. You have the New York Jets heading down to Miami. This is another one where we expected this to be week 11 of the NFL season, and it was a cool little schedule wrinkle, bizarre wrinkle, where Miami and New York were playing each other week 11. They both had a bye week 12, and then they were playing each other again week 13, uh, which is a funky, uh, you know, just a funky coincidence that you don't really see very often. And now, now that's brand ruined because they've moved New York Jets Miami to week six. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that the Jets are still an absolute dumpster fire. Um, I think the market is as low on them now as it will it can get. Uh, I'm it's, looking at tens. It's getting down there. Tens uh, is a ten is a big number for Miami to be a favorite by. And where do you have them relative to an average team? Miami? No, New York. Oh, uh, eight ish points down minus eight. But I'm I, trying I to think have, of the lowest. I don't, I, I don't have uh, Miami two points better than an average team. That's for sure. Um, so this is a big number. Um, I don't know, man. It's I, I guess I looked at the number. It's so big. My initial thought was dog or nothing. I looked at the dog. It's the Jets. You know what that and means. I cannot make it. That means nothing. <laughs> that means nothing. Yeah, you party and, in the city where the heat is on. All night yeah. on the beach till the break of dawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're still not betting Miami. No, Joe Flacco. I mean, you know, made, made a big deal about how I was so excited to fade Joe Flacco last week. Well, now he's got a game under his belt. Another week in of practice. He, he's he's a legitimate downgrade. Um, it doesn't sound like we're getting Darnold. We're not getting Darnold. Not, I mean, they pretty much said that. I don't think Becton's playing. That sucks. That sucks for Flacco. Miami's offense is fun. Like this is a fun offense because uh, Fitzpatrick just don't give a fuck. Like, he's sling- he had a great game. Every metric you want to use. I mean, QBR sucks and quarterback rating isn't great, but any other metric, all of them, he had a really good game. And they they didn't exactly pour it on the second half, but they they just kept moving it. Like they were they were a lot of fun. To- it sucked. I bet against them. I had a teaser for New or uh, San Fran. And uh, you know what part of that game was just Jimmy G being so incredibly ineffective. But at the same time, even if he was effective, Miami's still putting up 30 points. They 
somehow they yeah they put up uh, they were like three for six in the red zone still put up forty three points yeah a couple short fields but yeah Miami's offense is something right now that said it's still they have great receivers I'm, and, I ain't laying ten yeah. points they have great receivers and Fitzpatrick is peaking so yeah it so it's a yeah. big no thanks for me yep same same um, Miami's are they in the playoff mix in the AFC. Everyone's in, unless you're the New York teams. Yeah. I guess New Jersey teams. I guess that's true. All righty. Let's get to the main event here. We got four games that are all super, super interesting. The premier game in the afternoon slot. Only two afternoon games this week. I know. And only one that's watchable. <laughs> and it's the Green Bay Packers heading to Tampa Bay. Green Bay is coming off their bye. Tampa Bay is coming off of a long rest because they played on Thursday night football. So that neutralizes the rest advantage to a degree uh, and actually gives the preparation advantage slightly advantage, you know, in favor of Tampa Bay because Green Bay was out of the facility for the entire bye week. But does that matter? Maybe, maybe not. Green Bay is going to get back their star wide receiver, Devontae Adams. Tampa Bay is probably going to get back their star wide receiver, Chris Godwin. Uh, Mike Evans is still limited from what I can tell, but he'll probably make give it a go. He likes to play hurt. Uh, and, yeah, the Tampa Bay passing offense, Green Bay pay, passing offense, both extremely capable, uh, and this should be in a very, very fun game. The market has moved in fascinating ways here. We had a look ahead of Tampa Bay minus 2.5. Based on them losing to Chicago on Thursday Night Football and Green Bay, going scorched earth through the first four weeks of the season. When they opened this up on Sunday night, it was Green Bay minus two and a half. We didn't really give it a second thought. We thought that was reasonable, but the market has come all the way back to a pick them. Tampa love all over the place on this one. Do you buy this? Or is there a potential that someone's getting too cute here fading Green Bay? Because from a matchup standpoint, I don't know that Tampa Bay's got the goods in this one. What is your what is your thought? My raw ratings, yeah, would have Green Bay favored on the road. Like the the opening number was right for me. That's why I didn't bet it. Like I don't know what yours would make it, but might yeah. make it. Like yeah, Green Bay minus two two and a half on the road. That's where I would have this game. So I'm giving Tampa virtually nothing for home field advantage. Yeah, I'm I'm at like three quarters of a point, and the rest thing maybe goofs things up, and it's weird, but at the same time, they're getting Devonte Adams back. I'm I already have a fat card, but like there's some there's some flat picks here, like yeah, there's it, it might be a <laughs> big and honestly, little, dude. Honestly, like I probably wouldn't even play. I'd play like minus one hundred five. Somebody hit minus one league. minus one hundred five. I'd probably sell this out to minus one. Like, yeah, what are what are we missing? Like Tampa Bay, the offense has a lot of good pieces. They have some great receivers. They, you know, Brady. Brady's had a couple of really horrendous picks where Aaron Rodgers has yet to make a turnover worthy play. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's made he's made Aaron Jones look like the second coming of Jesus Christ, our Savior. 
is Tanyan, this guy we barely have heard of, had three touchdowns. Even when you know Devonte Adams was hurt, he just oh whatever. Like um, I, I guess I'm forced to get over. It. Maybe he had a little come to Jesus meeting. I've mentioned uh, Jesus a couple times already. This turned into a church pod, but uh, he had a maybe he had a little meeting with Jesus. Foot touchdown Jesus uh, down yeah. there in South Bend. Maybe he had a little meeting and just said this team doesn't care. They're not going to draft me a receiver. I I'm not getting to, you know. Hey, he looks in the mirror. He says, Hey, Aaron, you ain't getting any younger. You got a couple more years of this. They're not getting you any help. They drafted a fullback, essentially. They drafted another quarterback that might not even ever play in the league. It's like you just got to make do with what you can and control it. You know, control it. Did the uh, the old uh, control what you can thing, and he's he's looking good because his his career's kind of been on a downward trajectory for like five years, and I don't know I don't know what it is. He looks great this year. He maybe hates training camp and he's just in a better mood. He's got his discount double check. I don't understand it, but he looks electric, and it doesn't matter which receivers are in the field. So, getting Devonte Adams back and getting this in a pick, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm betting this. Oh wow, okay. I, I was like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to lay two and a half, three on the road. I thought Green Bay was going to get that. I thought I'm like, I'll leave it alone. Yeah, I thought it was going to get the three too. And at that point, I was like, I kind of talked myself into, I'm going to have to make a tough decision about taking Tampa at three. And yet here we are at pick. <laughs> so let's I guess, I guess talk, talk about the Tampa defense. I mean, can, yeah, you make, can you make a case for the Tampa defense? Keep irrelevant. Irrelevant. Tampa, Tampa's defense is going to take the field, I suppose. But they're they, irrelevant. I mean, they made they made uh, the Denver Broncos look bad, but it's the Denver Broncos. Uh, but let's talk about this. So Tampa can't effectively rush the passer on a good day, and they're going up against a solid offensive line without Vita Vey. Vita Vea. No Thank Vita Vey. They have a linebacking core that's solid against the run. They have a secondary that is solid against the short to intermediate pass. But that secondary also likes to take chances. They like to dare the quarterback to beat them over the top. And guess who can beat you over the top? Aaron Rodgers. He's done it countless times already this season to every secondary he's faced. If they aren't, play, if, you know, they, if they're playing, because uh, they, they, Tampa's secondary and Indy's secondary are like two opposite ends of the pole, right? Indy keeps everything in front of them. Tampa's basically like, we're going to be aggressive and stop the short intermediate stuff. Dare you to beat us over the top? And it's it's just a bad matchup for them. On top of the fact that if Tampa is doing well in this game. If they're ahead, Aaron Rodgers has shown an uncanny ability to answer or answer score for score with everyone he's gone up against so far this year. And really it's like, it's vintage old school, 2012, 2011, 20, 2010, 2011, 2012 Rodgers, where if you, if you score a touchdown against him, he is coming right back and he's going to drive the field and answer. Like it's, it's, it's crazy to see it. It's happening. It's like deja vu all over again. And sure enough, Tampa does not have the defense to be able to stop that. And if so, if they have a good day offensively, they're still going to be going score for score with these guys. And best case scenario, they're up in the second half of this game. I don't know that I've seen anything about Tampa being able to run the ball effectively in end of game scenarios where they can put away a lead. So Green Bay is going to have a chance to come back in this one, even if they're behind. And on top of all this, the 
you know, that the Green Bay defense is really only susceptible to the super, you know, like the San Francisco style rushing attack. Like that's where they struggle, really. And Tampa's rushing scheme personnel is even close to that. So I, I don't know. I just have a very tough time figuring out what's going on with this market move. There is potential, and we saw we've I've seen this in years past, where a team who is white hot goes into the buy early, and comes out, and the market is like, nope, throwing cold water. This is going to throw cold water on these guys. They're going to put up a stinker, and then it manifests. Like that happened. The, the classic example I can think of was the Vikings versus the Eagles one year. The Vikings were undefeated through four weeks. They looked like one of the best teams in the league. They go on the bye, come out, play the Eagles, and they just absolutely stunk up, stunk out loud. Uh, and it, there is potential that the bye week has, could have disrupted what Green Bay had going. Um, there is real potential that Green Bay can regress closer to what the market prior was for them for the season. Like those are the those are the risks that you run back in Green Bay at this price. But at a pick 'em, I I can't blame you. I think I'm probably still eventually going to end up passing here. Uh, but I wish I could, but I can't unclick is, the bet. This is, the, this is, I think you got the low point. I do think this drift back in yeah. direction. I, I sold it. I found a, so I was able to sell to minus one, minus 101. And I'm yeah. more than happy with that. So, so, and I did not write the time down for this one. Fuck. Congratulations on the second tie of the NFL season to the Green Bay, Green Bay, Tampa Bay game. 118-ish. Um, no opinion for you on the total. You think 54 is right? Probably right. 55, I guess now. Lean over. Lean over. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, yeah. Probably leave that one alone. All right. Man. I'm going to get the time down for this one for sure. When I'm leaning one way with the or opening number and then leaning another way once the market has moved this much, I just have to stay away. So I'm going to steer yeah. clear of that one. But I think you got the right side there. I think Great Bay is right. Ah. Tough, tough call. I might agree. I might. I mean, I don't know how many more weeks you're going to have value on Green Bay if they keep doing this. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be a time to come back on them eventually. They'll they'll hit the top of their range. So, okay. You want to talk a little bit about Rams Niners? Did I hear? I catch a Niner in there. Uh, This is. uh, Could the Niners have looked worse? I guess maybe one one of their players could have self-immolated on the sideline <laughs> you know i guess you know the coach could have like someone could have got covid mid-game yeah. i don't know how how they could have looked worse this was awful i do believe jimmy g was still maybe not 100 percent, maybe just not confident in his ankle woof he he was very bad, and you know we've said nice things about Miami. Miami, it takes two to tango. It wasn't all San Francisco playing poorly. Miami played a great game, but not getting that offense going was kind of suspect for me, which is why I bet the Niners this week. Um, <laughs> the, the, so this was, uh, did you? I don't know if you took this yet. It was just too big of an adjustment. They're oh, saying, oh yeah, yeah, I bet this. I bet this. Okay, yeah, this was. And we'll have another. Well, we already had another game like this. We this was the same thing with uh, another game later on here. The the look ahead was what Niners minus three. Yes. So they're going to move it six and a half points just because Jimmy G had a bad game. Like apparently, 
apparently, <laughs> I don't know if they if they really really are saying, you know, we're gonna get beat hard to play again here. No way. It's definitely gonna be no. Jimmy G. It's it's going to be Jimmy G. I took the three and a half. I'm more than happy with that. If it gets bet down, this is a nice home teaser leg for the Niners plus seven and a half, plus eight, somewhere in there. The Rams offensive line is better than last year, but they still don't go go watch the game from last year. Like this is a bad matchup, even with uh you know as many injuries as San Fran had. Hopefully they're continuing to get healthy here. Obviously, some of the guys are never going to get healthy. It's full season injuries, but I still think uh, I still think the matchup against uh, the Rams offensive line can be a plus matchup for the Niners. I still think they can cover. Uh, I'm not as scared of the Rams offense against a half decent secondary. I don't think we get Sherman back. If we get him, that's just a huge bonus, I guess. Um, and the offense, I mean, it's just the bottom of the market for him. The numbers yes. wrong. They they might lose this game by ten. And top I still of the market, feel, top of the market for the Rams, bottom of the market for the Niners. In yeah, the I, I I will not feel bad betting this number. The Niners could put up another stinker. I would bet this ten times out of ten, just based on the number. Yeah, and the Rams being at the top of the market and having traveled back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, they've they've put a lot of miles on this last you know four or five weeks. And yeah, it's the Niners at home. I just can't make this number come out anywhere. Other than like a pick'em, yeah, like that—that's how far I have this off. Like you know, maybe I'm not adjusting enough for the injuries, and it's hard to do when you do numbers. It's hard to make individual player adjustments for people that aren't quarterbacks, in my opinion. But maybe, maybe I'm just fucked in the head. But yeah, no, 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 that's no, no. a matter three and a half. I, and, and I like the same boat. Okay, I'm in the same boat. That will back me up. Then help me out here. So. You, you, the fundamental point, which is in one week's time, we've seen a, a six-point swing, six-and-a-half-point swing. And, yeah, yeah, and, yes, the Rams look good. <laughs> a six-and-a-half-point swing, and it's what, – what, what is the win probability difference between the um, – let's do a little little thought experiment. What's the, what's the, what's the current uh, money line for the uh, 49ers? Plus 160? Let me, uh, let me switch over to money let's, line real quick. So, why don't you go find what it was at minus? It's, it's, it's plus one sixty. So let's say it's. Uh, I saw plus one sixty today. I know I have a little piece of that. Okay. That implies they have a thirty-eight percent chance to win the game. Okay. Okay. The, what's, the money. What's... The money line look ahead was minus one forty-two, which is what one point one divided by one point seven. So 58%. Which is a 20% swing in win probability. I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> but yes. That's, that is massive. That's a, really good, that's a really good exercise for anyone. Can And we, we hammer on this over and over again. But yeah, start looking at, stop looking at numbers, start thinking of them as percentages. And yeah. You know, it's an independent it's market from the spread, but it, it's it's correlated. <laughs> it's correlated enough that, yeah, it's it's just a massive move. And you can say, yeah, they moved across ones and zeros, and those are dead numbers. But I mean, it moved from three to three. Yeah, it's a fucking teaser leg move. <laughs> it's crazy, <laughs> That's funny. Man. So it's crazy. Yep. Uh, uh, and like, I guess I don't want to say it, like no. I don't want to say no brainer, but 
Yeah. So, so some of the if, if the, I'm going to trust my numbers, it is. Yeah, you're right. It's it's just it's impossible to to create a defense, in my opinion, at least from a math standpoint, that that Rams minus three and a half has value. That that is for sure. I mean, you have to you have to downgrade the Niners to being like the equivalent of a five win team, uh, if you're going to tell me that. Um, and realistically, uh, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo looked bad last week. Lots of lots of players have bad weeks. The Niners overall, their defense looked bad last week. The Dolphins rolled into that game with the perfect game plan. You could tell you 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 called it on drive one. You said to me, you were like, Niners are in trouble, man. Again, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, wow. Because I'm sure you were watching because you had the teaser leg in play, and uh, and you you knew it right away. Like Niners were in trouble. They had a bad game yeah, plan. Yeah, I bet on Miami Dolphins, in the second half. Dolphins had a perfect game plan. Perfect, and it executed it perfectly. And this week. Uh, this is a much more familiar opponent. Obviously, uh, this is a this is a you know they 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 their warts their exposures are all pl- clear as day now. We all know uh, you know they they don't have the same pass rush they had last year. Their secondary is dealing with a cluster injury. Their wide receivers are having trouble being reintegrated into the passing game. Uh, but they still have George Kittle. They still have Raheem Mostert, and they still have a decent matchup offensively, in my opinion, with a Rams team that's relatively, you know, relatively soft in the linebacking and safety core. Rams are a stars and scrubs defense. We've said this a billion times. They have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and a bunch of guys. And to this point in the season, they have overachieved defensively, period. They absolutely have. And you know why that is? It's because they've played Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones and Washington football team quarterback and, uh, and you know, and, and uh, who is the, who's the other one? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, Josh Allen. And, you know, they just they haven't, they haven't put together a resume defensively that's, that's commensurate with the other teams in this league. And so that's skewing people's perception of how good they are. Um, on top of this, you have... Uh, you know, still some questions in terms of how Jared Goff will perform when he's going up against a team that you know can generate any kind of pressure. Uh, I, I have I have tons of affinity for the likes of um, Armstead and, and Kinlaw. These guys can generate interior pressure on him uh, and you know make it a little bit tougher for him to to really do damage. Um, San Francisco's rush defense is performing well. Fred Warner is having an incredible, incredibly strong season, um, and so I'm really not worried about this Niners team. Uh, being competitive in this contest, and on top of that, this is the fourth week out of five that the that the LA Rams will have traveled, and we're not talking about like went from Philly to Pittsburgh to New York to Washington. But like they went East Coast three times, and then now they have to fly up to San Francisco. That wear and tear is absolutely going to mean something. It may be may mean very little. It may mean a lot. I, 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 I said this to something. Frank earlier. I said the bus ride from the airport is longer than the flight. Like oh, getting to the getting yeah. to the stadium is longer than the flight. I think. Well, they're probably it's gonna close. Fly. They're going to fly into San Jose from LAX, and the oh yeah, I the Rams the Rams Boy, stadium yeah. is really close to LAX. Yeah, yeah, and but you wouldn't go to San Fran. You wouldn't go but to San Fran in a normal year. In a normal year, you're absolutely right. The um the uh, but regardless, it's still it's still travel, and this is still the fourth week of five. That's never been good for any team. And that airport uh, have a name? Or is it just San uh, Francisco International? Uh, it is SFO. It's bothering me. Yeah. Yeah. SFL. The, um, name your airports, people. <laughs> San Jose, I don't think has a name either. Um, neither does Oakland, actually. All three Bay airports are just city names. The um, well, neither does LAX for that matter. Um, I think maybe it's the West Coast thing. The um, the 
the fundamental point though is the rant, you know, the at at its core, this is a very tough three and a half points to defend. I'll take that any yes. day of the week. We could be wrong. San Francisco could get their asses I'm, kicked. I'm fine sure. being wrong on this sure. one. <laughs> yeah, but but saying that there is a 50% chance that that three and a half covers is just it's ludicrous to me. It's just it's Luda. It's ludicrous. So hopefully they hopefully they show up, play with a little bit of pride. Shanahan's always done well against uh against a uh, McVay team. Yep. Even when he had Brian Hoyer out there and shit. Yeesh. I don't have a <laughs> I don't have a ton on this next one either, just because I haven't had a lot of time to dissect the game from last night. Um, Casey Buffalo is what we're talking about. Buffalo obviously got their shit pushed in, which in the long run may be a good thing for them. Like uh, there, there probably is something to this, and I can attest to this from remembering how good my fourth grade uh, floor hockey team was. Sure, being unde- being uh, <laughs> being an undefeated team, like. What we were we uh we did lose we did lose in the championship, but being an undefeated team, it's it does carry a bit of a toll. It's it's like a you know like a hitting streak or something like that. You're thinking about it Just instead of Andy's folk- fourth grade floor hockey team or the nineteen and 0, you know the eighteen and 0 Patriots. It's it's a heavy burden. We yeah it's we heavy. we also yeah it's a lot of striking similarities. We lost in the championship <laughs> game in the in the cross fourth grade game. We had to play the other class, their champion, who was maybe not as good, but they had an actual hockey player on there, which was tough. But yes, uh, maybe maybe in the long run this is good for them. <laughs> but they got they got their high knees beat, and uh, they they do head home to host KC. It doesn't get any easier. I guess you get to go home. That's that's a plus, but. You're facing KC off a loss. Fuck, that ain't that ain't any fun. That's that's not what you want to do. Um, as far as the matchups, uh, no not great. Maybe for both defenses. What's this total? Fifty-seven. Bet this over, and then live bet the over, and then put some first half over to go with it. I, I haven't seen what it. Oh, it's fifty-seven and a half. Fifty-seven. I, I guess here's the question. Um, Josh Allen regression came for him like a like a lightning bolt, like a brick to the head. Like a brick to the head. Two interceptions, one of which was truly poor pass, and a lot of reads that I thought were you know the there were reads there against that Tennessee defense, and he didn't identify them. Uh, it, granted, he did not have John Brown available, but that cannot be the only reason that they stuck yesterday offensively. Um, they are a one-dimensional offense. Even Brian Dable's scheme, which is so good and is really making the most out of Josh Allen's tools, it still is one-dimensional. They are not manifesting any ability to run the football. And if you are coming into a game against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think it is paramount that you at least for some portion of the game can control the clock and keep Pat Mahomes on the sidelines. Otherwise, you're asking for you know you're asking for trouble. And they don't have the blueprint of a team, the Buffalo Bills, that is, that is going to uh, really challenge or stop Kansas City, in my opinion. I know that Buffalo beat Oakland soundly, and Oakland beat Kansas City, and there's some transitive property. Maybe yeah, there's this, some... this ain't 11th grade. Uh, no. What was, what was the one with the shapes? Uh, trigonometry? Geology. No, no. Geometry. That's rock. Geometry. <laughs> Geography. Yeah. Geometry. Geography. 
Geography was the one with the shapes. You're right. On the blue, the blue, the green shapes on the blue paper. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically, Proofs. though. I actually I'll love that. That was one of my favorite math classes. But yeah, the transitive property does not far. it the transitive property does apply to angles and numbers, but it does not apply to football teams. This happens all the time. They do the circle of suck. People do that shit on online all the time. Like, oh, the the worst team beat Alabama by the transitive property. Like, yeah, the NFL centipede. Yeah, human centipede thing. Uh, This total, yeah, it's a little high to be getting after. But if you want to get in the way of this and take it under, God bless your soul. Uh, How about laying the points with Kansas City? Yeah, that that's my lean here. Again, like I said, I want to I want to dive into. Buffalo's. Right, we'll put a pin in it then. I don't think it's moving. This this market's not getting a ton of attention right now. It's three and a half, no. four. And, and a high, high ass total like this. I don't give four and a half. I don't care if I'm yeah. betting and I'm betting hard. Yeah, same. And realistically, the um the you know the matchup of Pat Mahomes and company against this Buffalo defense is 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 appealing. It's appealing. We'll leave it at that. Kansas City is the best team in the AFC. True or false? Best best team outside of the uh, Pittsburgh area. Interesting. I'm We're not going to get to see them play this that's, week. That's the reason they I didn't bet Pittsburgh. You ever have that where you just get in love with a team and then you're afraid to bet them? That's why yes. I didn't bet Pittsburgh early. Same. So, oh, yeah. No, no, no. For, for sure that's happened to me. But we're not going to get to see Pittsburgh versus Kansas City until the AFC title game. Does that bum you out? Pretty much. KC, it's going to be a tough game for KC heading up to Pittsburgh, though. It is for sure. It is for sure. It is. And uh, that's uh, before we move on. Let's uh, let's not downplay this. This is a massive game as far yeah. as seating seating implications. These are two teams that are projected to probably win their divisions, place high as far as the the playoff seating goes. So this could be a game we're talking about in. You know, 12 weeks when we're doing tiebreakers. Yep. And I don't mind having KC really at all at this price. I'm probably going to bet this. Um, One other dog on my card this week. Dallas Cowboys plus three. Yep. We bet this on Sunday. This was another. This is just what we said about the Niners. A lot of that same Same, rationale. Same fucking thing. (laughs) It's weird how that happened in a bunch of games this week. It's just too big of an adjustment for a high quality backup with a yeah. ton of weapons. Here's here, true or false. Dak Prescott is the most impactful injury to the Dallas Cowboys so far this season. False. <laughs> How crazy is that? He's a top 10 quarterback in the league, and for sure that's false, right? Absolutely. It's 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 Smith. It's nuts, man. It's nuts. It's nuts. Well, yeah, it's Smith by a bunch. Yeah, and 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 it's not going to manifest this week, but it's going to manifest eventually uh, because guess what? Arizona Cardinals, they had one pass rusher. His name was Chandler Jones. You may have heard of him, and he is done for the season. So what was a medium to bad – what was a medium to bad defense is now just a bad defense. Chandler uh, Jones. And the only hope you really had of preventing the passing attack from shredding you was getting after Andy Dalton and putting pressure on him. And now you can't do it. So best of luck covering the three headed monster. That is Cooper Gallup, CD lamb. Uh, realistically Dallas. Uh, I think you can expect uh, just a general, you know, plus 
uh, you know, positive, better than expected performance from all of the parts around yes. Dalton, you know, saving your season, you know, this is, you know, do, winning it for, you know, the, you know, Dak is not the, it's not the end of the season just because we lost Dak. We're still really good. You know, you're going to get a very prideful performance here out of, uh, Three out of receivers, two good running backs, decent enough play by parts of the defense that aren't hurt. The defense isn't good. Let's not kid ourselves. Like no. the offensive line is beat up and the defense isn't good, but they should not be laying points on the road to the Cowboys, Arizona. That is like, that's, that's right. It, it's just the wrong it's too big of an adjustment and it's been bet to two. Like people are already saying like, I'll, I'll gladly take a three. In fact, people are gladly taking two and a half. I know you like to sprinkle some money lines. I'm also a fan of that. I'm assuming you did some of that as well. I did. And you know yeah, what? Another good, you know, another good teaser leg as well. You know what is, uh, you know, what's awfully tough to do uh, when your third game in a row on the road. This is now three. This is the this is a brutal travel spot for the for the Arizona Cardinals. They had a uh, game at Carolina, game at New York, game at Dallas. Um, absolutely brutal. And let's see here. Who do you want to guess the last time a favorite won on the road? Three times in a row. Third 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 game in a row on the road. Fa- favorite one. 1997, the new iteration of the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> no, it's not that far back. Uh, it's been a couple of years, though. I go back to 2016 to find a uh, uh, third straight game on a road and uh, without a bye and uh, the favorite one. And it was short, short favorite Washington football team versus the Eagles in 2016. It's very tough to do. Very tough to do. Um, let's see here. All right, let's take all my favorite looks. Dallas, Niners, Pittsburgh, Green Bay. Bears, Baltimore. A lot of dogs. Moneyline parlay. A lot of dogs popping for you. Six picks. Ooh. Two thousand dollars pays seventy nine grand. Mm. I'm gonna do that. Enough. <laughs> too many zeros. Don't you want to be tweeted about by Darren Ravel, man? Well, then might as well two hundred grand to pay seven point nine mil. Is that? <laughs> You're basically getting forty to one. Is that what it is? Works out to be forty to one. Yeah. I like all those looks, man. Don't play six. Six, six, six. Let's like, throw Baltimore out of it and just do the dogs. I will say I did do a five leg teaser um, with my teasers from last week. So the Niners screwed up a, you know, it, it's with your teasing leg. So it's still only like six or seven to one, but mm-hmm. got four out of five. Isn't that, uh, that's the, everybody says that all the time. That's what you say. Yeah. It's very, very likely to get four out of five. So. All right, boys. Hey, thanks for listening. And you know what? We did get a little feedback on the timestamps. Stamps. I'm glad you like them. Um, you fucking owe us. <laughs> if you have used a timestamp, go, go, I don't know. Go, go do it on uh, 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 I, I, iPod. IPad. iTunes review. iTunes, iTunes review. 
Go, you owe us a five-star review and write in there like, hey, guess what? I used the timestamps. I didn't listen to the whole pod because I just wanted some insight on a couple games. And that's that's fine. As long as you're downloading the episode, it doesn't matter to me. I'm glad you're getting what you want out of it. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully you're finding that useful. And uh, team total play, I don't know if we had one. There was a couple we talked about. What do you think of Cincinnati team total over? Yeah, we did, we did under last week. Let's Cincinnati team total over. We need confirmation that Leonard's not going. If and Leonard, you, already, you have a lot already in that one. You already don't you already have that one? You said I have side and total on that. I might as well take a team total as well. <laughs> Trifecta. Now nah, we got enough on that one already. Was there another one that stood out? What did you think of Chicago? I like Carolina under in that one. Yeah. Carolina's team total under in that one. What's that going to be? 45 minus two and a half divided by two. So like 24? If, if it's 24, I'm going under on It's going to be 24. Yeah. Let's do that. Under on Carolina. Under on Carolina. That's Get the second right. one of these. We did that in week two against Tampa Bay, and that went yeah. well. It was sweat, right. but it was fun. Hey, thanks Best for hanging luck. with us. We'll catch you guys Sunday. This was a this was a marathon. <laughs> good work, though. It was a good one. I enjoyed it. It was a good one. We had a Very lot good. of takes on these games. A lot of takes. There was a lot of good games. That's why. Next week's not going to be as, as good, so it'll be a lot faster, I'm sure. Best of luck.